This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Alright, welcome back everyone to the official Star Wars Canon Podcast here. Um, we've got a special show for you tonight and it's going to sound a little bit different. If you'll notice, the man that started this whole show, Brian Mills, is not able to join us tonight. Um, he's kind of putting some of the load onto his other co-host and he's definitely working behind the scenes really hard to get the show edited and out to you this weekend. My name's Stephen Hall. I'm one of the co-hosts here of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. And I want to check in with our other two co-hosts tonight. Let's start with JG. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing very well, actually. It's a uh, it's a good night. It's uh, exciting. Lots of uh, lots of things to talk about, and um, very excited to be here. Absolutely. It kind of started off as a slow news week, but it picked up right before we recorded. Yes. And then all the way from Egypt. At what time in the morning right now? We've got Yusuf. Tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's either late or early, depending on your perspective. But uh, and it's in between the two for me. Always happy to be, always happy to be with you guys and talking Star Wars. Hopefully, going to take off, uh, you know, a little bit of load off of uh, Brian tonight. And uh, yeah, exactly as JG said, you know, the news, you know, Star Wars is always full of analysis and stuff. But it's the news we've all been looking forward to these past uh, few months. And uh, here we are. You know, we're here to uh, what's it called? What do you say in the states? You. Uh, chomp at the bit or whatever it is you know you just sort of uh, chew the fat whatever it is i'm not sure exactly what it is but yeah yeah i got i got i got some sayings i gotta practice with you guys yep our general plan tonight we're gonna look at some of the news that's happened this week and then i know really throughout the beginning of 2021 the big focus has been the uh publishing push in novels and comics on the high republic JG and I are caught up. We're going to discuss spoiler-free some big ideas, some favorite characters, some favorite moments. We're going to get Yusef's view as someone that's looking forward to this but hasn't had a chance to read it yet. And that way, hopefully, those of you at home that have been following along with the latest canon can also jump right into the conversation online with us as well. All right, um, JG, do you want to start us off? Kind of, What's some of the big news that's kind of dropped recently? Yeah, it was uh, pretty much for the most part, it was uh, a pretty a slow week. You know, we were talking about like, oh, we're going to do some mailbag questions and just, you know, ease in, not really do anything too crazy. And then uh, out of nowhere, uh, last night, yeah, it was last night, um, Star Wars, uh, Lucasfilm yeah, came out with a statement. Um, as it's pretty much well known, if you're in the Star Wars community, uh, Gina Carano had made um, comments on social media and Lucasfilm decided to uh, pull the plug yesterday um, and uh, cut all the ties with her. And from moving forward, um, as of now, she is not um, associated with Lucasfilm or The Mandalorian moving forward. Yeah, Yusuf, what were your thoughts when you first saw this? I know you woke up to it in our chat. I saw your opinions like early in the morning. Tell me what, what came to mind when you saw some big news with Star Wars uh, here. I mean, my head was all over the place because, I mean... Uh, it, it's 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 not a small thing. This is quite big because there's lots of ramifications here to think about from my perspective, at least. You know, you think about it. Of course, the world today, if you're talking to one person, you're talking to a thousand. If you talk to a thousand, you talk to a million and so on. So the thing is that, sure, you can you can take comments like this. You can take whatever she said to be far more serious and like you, you can really blow it out of proportion. I know you can. I just think it was like, you should be able to have some sort of freedom of speech on your own right. And the fact that she was able to express herself, sure, we all have the right to express ourselves. Now, um, I'm not entirely, um, I mean, uh, here's the thing, like I'm, I'm okay with everybody having a voice. Of course, everybody should have a voice, but Disney at the end of the day or Lucasfilm does have the right to sort of uh, decide whether or not they want to be affiliated with people who have a certain attitude or online presence or, or, or a certain aura about themselves. 
So, I mean, it's completely their choice. So I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to think that they're bashing their, their freedom. I'm not going to think that they're bashing, you know, any actor's uh, own personal opinions. I'm just going to think that they, they do not need this negative traction right now. They're going to drop her. That's that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that was a pretty clear cut decision from them. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, when we think about Mandalorian, it's been one of the biggest successes, I think, in the last five years with the Disney acquisition or however long ago. And I think just seeing, you know, people around the world that don't haven't even seen maybe all the recent Star Wars films or keep up with the books and comics like we do. You know, everyone knows who Grogu Baby Yoda is. Everyone knows this Mandalorian. Like they can differentiate him now from Boba Fett after two seasons. You know what I mean? And so they don't want to, especially with what was announced at the um, the panel recently back in December, they don't want to, you know, put a bad egg right here right now because they have such a good thing going with this Filoni Favreau shared cinematic universe inside of Star Wars. And I agree, you know, I mean, you know, when we think about Star Wars has been around, you know, you know, for such a long time. And we think back to before social media, where I'm sure opinion, like we think about Carrie Fisher, you know, these actors have had opinions for decades, but now with social media being a platform, you know, these actors, and again, anyone can feel online that they can say whatever they want without thinking about the consequences. And we have to be aware of that because, you know, I don't think this was a one and done situation as if i can remember this has been going on for months if not a year now and so i feel like disney has provided gina carano with different warnings and like i'm sure they've offered her support about hey maybe could you say it better this way and i know she wants to say what she wants and at the end of the day she has the right to but at the same time like yusuf said that's going to be up to disney to decide um you know who they want working for them who they want representing them at the end of the day jg what are your thoughts yeah and i think i think that's the thing that's really important because i I was trying to make sense of it and try to look at it really like logically and also from business standpoint also like disney has to do like they're a company and they're looking to move forward and i think ultimately i think a huge example um because i think a lot of people um who aren't super active on social media and just in general i uh, think that this was just a knee-jerk reaction uh, but it's very clear that this was like leading up and that there was many contacts and i think disney did that because I think you could look at a past example with James Gunn. When all that controversy came up with James Gunn, they instantly just fired him. They didn't look at anything. They didn't have any meetings. And then what happened? They actually sat down and a year later, they're like, oh, we actually kind of like probably shouldn't have done that. And so because of that, they're actually doing the right steps. They sat down with Gina and her uh, agents and they had these conversations. And she, from what's being said, uh, we're not in the room, but from what we're being told is that she made a promise and that she was going to move forward and like m try not to make most of these comments that she's been making. Mm -hmm. And and she didn't keep up to that this week. And Disney has all the rights to do what they feel is best for them. I think at this point, The Mandalorian, I think, is as big as it is right now for Star Wars as the original trilogy was back in the 80s. I think that's that's how important this franchise is right now, like specifically The Mandalorian. And to keep that image as clean as possible and keep that the money like coming in it's like from a again, it's a business. And I know people don't want to look at it the way because they're on the other side, like there's people's feelings who were hurt. There's people who felt invalidated. But from Disney's perspective, this is business and she was doing more harm to their business. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I can add just a little something, I'm not gonna talk about what she said, uh, but I am gonna say that. Honestly, uh, any any perspective you think of this in, of course, she was cool actor. She was part of the team. We looked at it. Mandalorian really fit well with her, and she fit well in that crew and that sort of mindset. I was really interested in seeing what she has going on. But let's be honest, you've got enough meat there to move forward without her. I don't think I'm going to miss her. I think just the chance to see what the character arc would have been. And I think that's a good segue to trying to think like we have to separate Gina Carano from the character of Cara Dune because they are not the same person. Like so many young girls, I mean, look up to both Gina Carano Absolutely. and Cara Dune, you know, like, you know, Gina Carano's background with wrestling, like she's been, she's had a following for years now. So I don't want to, you know, say these are the two same people. One's a fictional character. One's a real life person who is sharing things and that needs to be addressed. So now that's out of the way though, let's talk, you know, Going forward, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, we've assumed for a while now that maybe Gina Carano's Cara Dune was going to lead the Rangers of the New Republic. That was never verified. 
And for all we know, these conversations with Gina Carano have been going on behind closed doors for weeks. This is, might not have just happened yesterday on the 10th of February. Um, so we need to think like maybe they've had this in motion for a while. Maybe there have been other plans. Maybe Cara Dune was not supposed to be the lead. If you are John Favreau and Dave Filoni, let's pretend the three of us are for a second. I wish we could fit those shoes. Um, <laughs> what, I, wish, what, I wish I could. And, you know, you just get told by Disney, hey, one of your lead actresses is no longer allowed to be in your productions for this cinematic project that you're working on. All right, JG, what do you do next with this character? How do you continue the story that was told over two seasons with her? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank God I'm, not, I'm, thank God I'm not actually making that decision. I, I think, honestly, I think, I think you have to recast. I think you do. I think you have to keep this character. I think this is a character that has so much potential and it's so important. And at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of legacy characters that are like, we know that, like, when we say Luke Skywalker, we think Mark Hamill. Uh, but there's other there's other characters though, like Obi Wan for example, like obviously like the iconic Alec Guinness, but there's James Ar James Arnold Taylor, there's Ewan Gregor. Like, I think this is an opportunity to keep going in that legacy, and we just get to see a different portrayal, give someone else a chance to do that character, and like keep that story going because that character Cara Dune does have so much potential, and there is so like we really haven't seen a character from that perspective. And to let that go would be a shame. And obviously you could do the thing of putting it in a comic or a book, but it started on screen and I would like to keep seeing it in the screen. Yep. Yusuf, what are your thoughts on what would you do if you had to pick the next plan for Cara Dune's character? Um, I completely, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with JG on what he says. I'm just, I, I personally, I take it in a different direction if, uh, you know, if, if I could. I simply wouldn't include her. Cara Dune is off doing her own stuff. You have enough meat there. You can overload the story side. You can bring in a couple of other characters, make it exciting enough in the first three or four episodes that you forget about Cara Dune, that you talk about this new team that you or this or or these new players you've got in. Make it interesting enough that every few episodes you keep introducing something new to keep looking forward to, whether it's a villain, whether it's someone who gets added to the team, kind of like how Mandalorian did. Every other episode you're introduced, you're, 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 uh, you're sort of introduced to this new player while there was this one center guy, uh, obviously being the Mandalorian. Um, you know, uh, Mando himself, when you meet these other characters, when you meet these other team members, future team members or protagonists or antagonists, you're you're sort of uh, you know you're sort of happy to see them come alive later. You could do this. You could do this, and you could you could then keep Kara too uh, back to comics. You could then keep her back, you know, in a novel, in a comic book somewhere. But I I what I think would happen in this scenario, which I'm which I'm which I'm sort of embellishing about right now. You know, if I if I if I think they would go that far, I do also think that they would limit Kara Dune's sort of um, you know. Uh, even the whole character, like they'll they'll start diminishing it because uh, you'll 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 give it its due, you know. You'll talk about certain mission or something when she was uh, she was a paratrooper of sorts, uh, you know, a dropper or whatever it was. And um, when you when you when you talk about her in a past tense, it could be with a sort of um, with a sort of relishing, with a sort of you know you can you can pick her up, she sort of thing. But you don't, I don't think we need her. I don't think Star Wars needs her going for. I don't think the Mandalorian needs her. I don't think, uh, uh, I don't think Rangers of the, you know, uh, any sort of New Republic Rangers or anything like that, nothing's going to need her. Need her, like the key word being need here. Sure, she would have, of course, she was, she was going to be a fantastic asset. And that was a lot of effort, you know, building her up and adding a little bit of, of some of her backstory here and there. And it gave, it, it gave the character a lot of meat. And it was going to be really cool to see her. And I was really happy to see her, especially seeing her sort of hold up her own with, 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 with the big guns and the weapons and, and a little bit of humor like, great, next wing, we're saved. You know, that sort of thing. And um, it, it's, it's just, uh, of course, it's sad. Of course, this whole thing is disappointing. Um, but as I said, honestly, I just move on. Not as if she wasn't there, but not going to miss the character. I'm talking about purely about Cara Dune right now. Not going to miss the character. You know, it's, she's fantastic. She's cool. She was going to be helpful. We can we can do more, especially with this whole creation uh, era we're in. You're, we're still creating right now. It's fantastic. 
It's really cool. And we, because, you know, we are Filoni and Favreau. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. We're going to be creating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You both bring up a lot of great points. And I spent the past 24 hours really thinking about it. And I still go back and forth between what both of you said. I mean, I just pulled it up and looked at, you know, she was in seven episodes from season, well, three from season one and then four from season two. So, you wow. know, out of seven out of 16, you know, that's a decent amount compared to a lot of characters that are one off or maybe two episodes. So she was definitely and not very, just not just any episodes, the most important episodes, the I finales. Think. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, you know, based on what I'm hearing as well, we're going to have a time jump. Um, you know, they're going to do the Book of Boba Fett. We're probably not going to see Mandalorian season three, if I had to guess, until spring or summer of 2022 at this point, because they haven't started filming with everything else going on. So, I mean, if there's a time jump, we're not picking up, I don't think, from the moment of the season two finale. So I think they could say, yeah, she's far away. Um, if they really want to tell more of her story, I was thinking about what JG said. You know, we yes, like he mentioned, a lot of characters in Star Wars have been recast. But help me out, guys. I'm having a hard time thinking, has there been a time, like, in the same timeline? Like, I'm thinking when Carrie Fisher died, they could have recast, they chose not to. Has there been a time, instead of, like, a time jump, either previous or forward, I don't think so. Like, they, no. for the most part, you either are, use archive footage, you do something like that to, if you want it to be in that time period. So I get that. However, could there be other actresses? If, they, if they're set on having a storyline and wrapping up her arc, you could bring someone else in, even if it's in a smaller role. Sure. Um, I think if they did comic books, especially, or even a novel, you know, you're going to have Gina Carano's face in the comic or in the novel. You got to be careful with that. Um, and one other thing, I just to wrap things up, I think JG mentioned, you know, with James Gunn, like, could this be an opportunity maybe in a couple years if things turn around that maybe she's offered a roll back? You never know. I don't, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but I hope that going forward, you know, that they find what they want to do with this character. I hope we get some clarity maybe in the future about will we see Clara Dune again or will we not? But um, good discussion. Again, I, let's, I don't want to get political with it. I don't want to get take too seriously, but I think it's something that's major in the news that we had to address before we move on to our next point. Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. All right. Um, I, I mean, guess, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just going to say, like, if, if she is going to be recast, there is no shortage of talented women to be able to do so. Mm -hmm. However, um, I'm not entirely sure that Filoni and Favreau, and this is a point in general, not just addressing Cara Dune, but in general, because of all the, uh, you know, ideas linking uh, Sebastian Stan with, with, with the Luke role or any other position, honestly, even if uh, Ahsoka was uh, taken, you know, because some people really didn't take to the actress that well. Um, um, uh, beats me why, but anyway. Um, the thing is that um, I don't think Favreau and, uh, and Filoni and really Lucasfilm at this point are very pro sort of switching faces and changing uh, actors at the moment. I think it really helps continuity, sticking with, with actors, making sure that you choose uh, characters, not just actors and skill on screen, but you also choose the kind of character that you want working on a project like this long-term. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they know what they want and they, they know that they're finally gonna get a chance at what they really want, which is something nice, nice and easy, long-term, certain, sort of dedicated storyline. And you can't have that with uncertainty surrounding who is a part of your team, whether it's directing or writing or acting. So it, that really has to, you know, you, 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 have, you have to lock in your, you have to lock in your actors here. You have to lock in your team members. You have to, you have to make sure that you've got them either tied down on contracts. If you, you, you get priority over their schedules so you can film whatever you want. And you have to make sure that they gel well with the rest. And something that was really cool in those videos, I finally got a chance to watch some of those back, is sort of, um, you know, the back studios and the extra and the extra videos over Mandalorian and sort of like the extra credits and all of that, uh, the behind the scenes. Pedro Pascal is just the funniest off screen. He gels it all together. These guys are just having a blast while while, while just having fun. Yeah, it's just it's fantastic. They they have they have a good rapport and they created it. And sometimes sometimes it sucks and sometimes it's difficult to work with certain actors. And you can you not necessarily feel it on screen. But isn't it all the better when 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 they do work well together? Yeah, that's it. Yep, awesome. And I think that's going to segue to our next segment. I think our big focus tonight, after we did our news, 
we want to look a little bit at this High Republic era. We've been hyping it up on our videos for the past couple of weeks, um, I guess months now, and we finally are in the kind of right in the heat of it. And I know, like I said, JG and I have been working hard to get caught up on it. Um, I know Brian's working on it. So we've got a couple members here on our team. And then we also have some members that haven't had a chance to dive in yet, but I want to hear their thoughts on what they've heard, what they've seen, and especially after hearing kind of, again, our spoiler-free review. We're not going to mention any big plot points. We're not going to mention any of these kind of big reveals because there have been a lot, and there have been some great moments. Um, JG, start us off. I, I know you and I have chatted on privately one and on and one-on-one. On one, excuse me. Go ahead. Tell me your overall thoughts so far on this initiative. I love it. Like, I hate to say that it's my favorite era because we, we only have books right now, and it's so fresh. But it's it's something unique. It's something that we really haven't seen. And I know I, I was never really into the Legends aspect, so I didn't really get to explore much of the Old Republic. Um, but for me, like, this is all very fresh. This is all very new, like, going back in time. And it's just, it's it's so different. Like, I think people were scared. I, I know that it crossed my mind when they said, oh, it's only going to be, like, 200-ish years before the Phantom Manager. Like, is that enough time? Like, should you have probably put that back a couple hundred more? No, there is like, <laughs> crap goes down apparently because it is like night and day, the difference from like Phantom Menace and like where we are in the beginning of this era. And the writers, you could tell, like when they say they text every day, you could tell that they're texting every day because there is just connections between all the books and the comics, the kids book, like everything. It is all just intertwining and it just feels so cohesive it feels like if and i love the sequel trilogy but it feels like properly what could have happened if you sat down and created a cohesive story and planned it out and now we're getting this in the books and it is the characters the setting the villains the teases it's awesome i agree with you 100 percent because you know what i've been thinking about this and I agree with JG. I did not really dive into legends at the time. You know, I was growing up and he, JG and I are much different in age and happened to live close together, which is kind of funny. But the fact there is when 2000, you know, 12, 13, 14, that time period, when they said, we're getting rid of the canon, we're going to start this interconnected, everything matters now. Like, that's when I said, okay, I'm literally going to read every novel, every young adult novel. I'm going to read every comic. And I have. And yes, there have been some slight nods here and there, a quick appearance, you know, you get a little bit of that. You get the benefit of, oh, I read Catalyst. I know a little bit more of the backstory in Rogue One. But I agree with what JG said here is that whenever we got into this Light of the Jedi, I wasn't expecting it to be so interconnected and such a payoff. Like, you can read Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule that kicks off the big great disaster. You can read Test of Courage by Justina Ireland, which is, again, one of the first not no, – it's it's a um, – not yeah, it's a young reader book, right? What would you yeah, say? Middle it's, grade. It's a middle, middle grade. The middle grade, yeah. Yeah. So this middle grade book here, and, you know, there were some dark moments in it. There were some moments that tiled a little bit mentioning into the dark side that I wasn't expecting. And some of the events and characters from Charles Soule's book, and then we just had um, last week, and I'm almost done with it here, Into the Dark um, by Claudia Gray, who, you know, of course, Lost Stars, love her, and just seeing a different, her writing in this different time period. And for characters that were mentioned in the book we read last month, like, you're getting such a payoff. And it's not only that, you're also getting monthly comics by Marvel and IDW. And I've been reading the Star Wars Adventures by IDW, and there were usually not, you don't get as much of a payoff. You don't get, you get your money's worth, but not as much. But now these are like, can't miss comics now. You got Yoda training the Jedi out in the middle of the, un, not the, unrim, out in the Outer Rim. You've got, you know, the Marvel comic focusing on characters from Light of the Jedi now that we're getting to flesh out in a way that you couldn't flesh out in the novel that has so many great characters. And you also have, which again, I've been trying to keep up with, every month Star Wars Insider has been putting out um, a, a short story. And they're only a couple pages, but it's stories that are happening concurrently with the books, with the novels. And we've got a whole other batch coming out in June. Um, Yousef, you've, you're hearing all this. What, what do you think about this? Like, are you looking forward to diving in? Are there certain books you'd want to read? Are you interested in diving into all of it like the young adults the young reader what are your thoughts here i am uh i'm i'm really really disappointed that i haven't been able to get my hands on them yet the reason is that there are no hard copies like there's no physical copies being sold in in, in the middle east at the moment or in egypt at least at the moment i know they're in dubai and the uae um but only dubai i think 
and I haven't been able to get the audiobook or the um, or, or or an e-reader version uh, just because some some reason something wrong with my account or my online purchasing so, something wrong with that. But hopefully it's gonna get fixed this next week. Something wrong with the bank and the credit card. It's it's all private. It's nothing to do with Disney or Star Wars. Mm. But anyway. Um, uh, you know, I'm really excited to read it because I want that fresh new era feeling. I've already, I, I won't lie. I'm, I'm almost going to get overwhelmed here because there's so many books that I need to catch up on in the first place. Like you guys know that I have this like uh, reader list, you know, I've, I've got my own book list to do. I've got personal books, which I love to read. You know, I've been reading up on some mythology and some ancient history, which is one of my favorite subjects. I'm a huge history buff. Uh, uh, kind of like Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, almost like Stephen. Uh, but anyway, yeah, my my Star Wars books. You know, I'm still I'm still I'm a little bit behind as well. But um, I've been I've been going through the audiobooks. Uh, almost finished um, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, and um, you know, for me to get into this new era, I, I, one of the things which I'm going to be doing, and we're all going to be doing again, revisiting this because one of our one of our huge peeves, and I well, one, one of my pet peeves um, is really me. At, uh, at myself just taking star wars content and loving it no matter what you know i have to sort of break it down calm down and look at it back and forth again because honestly um some of the stuff here it's it's a real uh, it's really difficult to, to get through sometimes it gets boring and then a question i'm going to, ask, going to judge these books as books not as Star Wars content, but on, on their own merit, okay? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, Master and Apprentice, you know, because I, I wouldn't have gotten through the first half of that book if I didn't love Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, you know what I mean? I would not have gone through that book as, as easily as I did. It, it was tough. It was boring. It was difficult. It was building up a lot of, lot of information. And then it ran through, just as Brian said, just as Brian promised me, you know, when he gave me that review, it, that book picked up and just ran to the end. And it was fantastic. Um, Lords of the Sith was a little bit different. It was edgy right from the start. There was a lot of tit for tat sort of thing and you were so, so, saw a lot of stealth going on. So even if you didn't, love Darth Vader or the Emperor or or the stories behind them, you still got there. Um, Dooku Jedi Lost, that's a difficult book to get into. It's not easy. It's not eventful. It's not, you know, it, it gives you too much of a backstory. I, I like Dooku a lot. That's why I'm reading it. But I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering some of the certain events that, that, that he's going through to use them. So it, it, that, that being said, I'm not asking to compare books. If you can, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I think comparing books is kind of a very risky uh, task to undertake. But if you are going to rate them on their own merit, what do you guys think? Um, I would say, Yusuf, for you and for anyone that's listening to this podcast, not sure which book to dive into, I would almost say um, to try and uh, to put everything else on your to-do list on hold for right now and dive into Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. And I see JG shaking his head. I'll let him add on to what I'm about to say. He's displaying it there. Um, You know what? I went in with such high hopes and my hopes were exceeded. Like the book is broken into three parts and this feels so cinematic. Like it could have easily been a mini series or on Disney plus or a movie because the event in the first third, like that could have been a book by itself. Like, you know, usually these star Wars books and I've read them all, you know, since 2014 with um, a new dawn, they have felt like, good side missions or focusing on phasma or focusing on poe like you get these books that are like one-offs focusing on one or two characters what this book does with this great disaster the first third of the book it leaves you unable to turn off your audiobook or unable to stop flipping to the next page because you need to know what happens the suspense is building there's like a clock that's ticking down and you want to know what's going to happen and who's going to survive because not everyone does and it is just shocking how it is so cinematic And it feels finally, I think in the first time in six or seven years, where these books are must read. They are so essential to understanding the universe. Um, I honestly feel that as this will eventually wrap up and continue, that whenever I get through the High Republic, it's going to change the way we look at the prequels. Already seeing the Jedi, how we think of them from the prequels, that's not the Jedi. I mean, you're starting to get glimpses of why they're going to turn out the way that they are and eventually fall for Order 66. JG, would you agree that any new book reader should just jump into Lady Jedi and take that risk. Yeah, I, you definitely could start with 
it, either of these three are not bad, but definitely the best is Light of the Jedi. It just it sets it up. Um, a lot of the other books come after, and they're they're referencing the first one. So Light of the Jedi, it, it's it's a movie. There's another way. Like the first the first part with the Great Disaster. No spoilers, obviously. But the first part, there is nothing like I've ever read or experienced There's in entertainment. There is just, it is so thrilling. It is so captivating. It's so deadly. Like, it is, it's so crazy. Like, if you were like, oh, we're just going to get introduced to these characters. It's going to be great. We're going to get to know these for a while. There are some characters who don't make it out of this book. And it's just shocking. Like, you're just like, like, what are you doing to us? Like, it's, it's incredible. Like, I. It, it's hard to come up with words because it, it's literally like nothing we've seen before in Star Wars. And like you said, it is going to be so essential. And I'm very excited because I do think that with how successful it is, the fact that uh, Light of the Jedi has been on the New York Times bestseller for four weeks in a row. It hasn't left it since it like debuted. All three of these books. All three of them on. are. Yeah, yeah. All three of them were actually like almost one, number one. Yeah. Justine Ireland was number two to J.K. Rowling. And yeah. so they've basically been all number one. Like these are all like, I think we're going to see them visually. I think in some way, in some in the future, with how successful, I think they could be our first book adaptation to screen. However, they do that series, or you know, even with the Acolyte, because that somehow ties in. But Light of the Jedi definitely start with that. For me personally, though, my favorite's actually Into the Darkness. Um, but start with uh, Light of the Jedi. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, just think of the potential. All right, hang, hang on. So, do we know uh, if there's a specific release? Uh um uh, like is there like are, are there are there scheduled books up and coming do we know yep. when they're releasing i think i know a few of them and when they're releasing like up until june mm-hmm. i'm not sure if there was any post beyond that as well so there was a panel that was held right before january 5th when this all kicked off and they kind of said that there's going to be yeah, three... yeah the huge panel. yeah we were talking about that. yeah it was about an hour it was worth watching it's on youtube but there's three phases and right now we're in phase one that's going to be all throughout 2021 and eventually into some part of 2022. They didn't say when it was going to wrap up. And so what we've had so far that JG and I have mentioned, we've got Light of the Jedi, Test of Courage, and the um, Into the Dark, the three novels so far. You also have two ongoing comics. So coming up, I'm looking at my schedule here. We have on June 29th, unless the dates change, Race to Crash Point Tower by Daniel Jose Older. And he's the one that's currently writing the um, High Republic Adventures for IDW. And it's going to be, again, I think this one's going to be junior novel. There we go. On the same day, June 29th, we have The Rising Storm, which is going to be the second adult novel. I would bet it's going to pick up with the same major characters from Light of the Jedi, but also bring in some of these other characters that have popped up in the other um, canon material. We then have July 27th, The Next Young Adult by Justina Ireland called Out of the Shadows. And it, again, looks like it's bringing in multiple different characters from different other novels at this point. A few other things that have been announced that are going to be coming out without dates yet, or maybe they have added dates since I've got this pulled up here. Um, the Edge of Balance, which is going to be a manga. And I have to admit, I personally, I've read comics, of course, with Star Wars comics and Walking Dead and stuff like that. But I myself have not read manga, so I'm really excited to dive into a new type of storytelling. Because I think that's what this thing offers. You can read whatever you want. If you want to read the manga, if you want to read the comics, if you want to read the books, you pick and choose what you want to read. But I think JG and I kind of agree. We want to get the full picture. We're so invested at this point. And if we see a character pop up in one medium, we want to see their character progression into multiple others. There's also a graphic novel called The Monster of Temple Peak by Kevin Scott, who's going to introduce um, a Force-sensitive character who is like a bounty hunter. And I don't remember her name, but she's going to pop up in The Rising Storm as well. Um, JG, what else are you looking forward to on the upcoming list here? I love it. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, I think Edge of Balance is the most interesting because I think what we're starting to see is that Star Wars is finally, like, breaking out of, like, its comfort zone. Because especially now we saw that there are, like, all these crazy TV shows that they're going, that we're getting anime, but now we're also getting a manga. And I think what's so exciting about that, too, is, like, they're also, not only is Justina Ireland, who's a big part of the uh, team that's creating this story and this initiative, they're getting a writer, uh, a Japanese writer. They're getting an artist who is uh, from Japan as well. So they're really like being very respectful of the material. Because I know uh, for people who do like follow manga and such, like that is a big deal. I think also exciting too. I think this is a little detail, but it says number one on it. So obviously this mm-hmm. is going to be ongoing. We're going to get more of this manga and probably more of this character. So I think that, I think because it's just so different. Like we've seen what these other authors could do. 
we know already the bar is so even higher than it was before. This manga, though, or even the graphic novel, like that is going to be something that we haven't seen either. Mm-hmm. So. Um, do you have a favorite character, JG? Like you're thinking of there's so many great characters. Is there one that stands out you want to keep seeing or just that we don't have to spoil it, but why or tell me what's something about your favorite character? Uh, if I had to pick the three, it actually has to be Vernesta, Vernesta Rowe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yep. she's from the middle grade book, A Test of Courage, um, which even just shows right there. Like that is a, as much as a must read. Like, that character, I think, was developed so very well in that book. Um, and I think she's actually going to be in the next young adult novel, if I'm correct. That's correct. So, yep. So now we're going to see that character even in a more mature setting and even more uh, probably higher stakes than it was before. But her character, I think, is very interesting in what they set up for her. Um, a very intriguing, more than almost any other character. And again, it was coming from a middle grade book. And, oh, and she my, was also in yeah, she was in um, Star Wars Marvel number two. If you read that one yet, so that no, was cool. I have not. Well, she pops up just for a brief cameo. Sorry, for oh, I gotta re- now. I gotta read it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so your friend. <laughs> now I gotta um, read it. Who else? You said you've got three characters. Then I'll share mine, and then we'll see. Maybe Yusef, tell us which one sounds the most interesting. Who else uh, stands out to you? Uh, just one other one that st- really stands out um, is Avar Chris. Oh uh, yeah, I think sh- there's just something about um, Avar that's just very. You think that she's really super like high up and you find out that she's just a master like you know and uh she has some really <laughs> unique force abilities they've talked about it but i'm not going to mention it just out of respect mm. um but you find out really quickly what it is and we've never seen the force uh explained in that matter and it makes me really curious to see what possibly makes that Ooh, give me more of that i know needs to happen because obviously something happens that we don't see it again mm-hmm. um and i'm very curious um it, it it's it's very unique it's very special um what's that character's name avar avar chris avar chris check her out avar mm-hmm. yeah and she's just a very very mature very well written lots of potential um and, and she even has flaws and i think that's what makes the character so well um is that even though she is uh, such a ba woman um, who kicks butt and powerful. Uh, she has some flaws that I think is going to be explored in the future stories. Mm-hmm. And any other main characters before I share mine? Um, I won't go into detail, and I forget his name right now, but the main character in um, the Into the Dark. It's, uh, Reith uh, Silas? Reith, yeah. Reith Silas, yeah. He um, also has a really great journey, but I won't comment anymore on that. And I- I love the fact, like you mentioned earlier, you are mentioning characters not just from one book, but from a variety of different mediums, from a variety of different age levels. I think that's what's really important because you could, you, if you want to get the full picture, they're going to pop up. You know that in multiple, you're going to see the young adult ones pop up in the adult novels and vice versa. Um, just adding on to that, I will add, without any spoilers, some other characters that really stand out to me. From Light of the Jedi, we have Loden Greatstorm, who's a Twi'lek Jedi. He's a master. The way he teaches his apprentice is so like hands-on. And where they leave his character just really like, I'm dying to know what happens next. Um, from Into the Dark, and again, I'm almost done. I've got about a couple chapters left. I'm going to finish it this weekend. Orla Jereni. Her, her, she's a very different Jedi for a few ways. Um, she's not your typical Jedi. And if you get a chance to read it, you'll find out why. The design of the character, her thought process. Um, I really want to learn more about her and hopefully see where she ends up at the end of this book, especially. And then if I had to pick one more, I'm going to cheat and not use a Jedi. But the leader of the villainous organization, the Nile, yes. um, Marchion Rowe, is going to be a character that in one book you see his growth as a character. And I, I know it's premature, but to think that he's already – I'm holding him up on a pedestal up there with Vader, up there with some of the other greats. Thrawn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just something what? about – Wait. Yeah. You need to see how he manipulates, how he runs the show. Like – he is just a character that I cannot wait to dive into more of his backstory because he's like we don't know much about him. We know the very minimum. He had a couple great scenes, but where they leave him, you just need to know. I cannot wait till June, whatever, till this next novel comes out because or wherever else he shows up next because those would be my characters. So Yusef, I, oh, sorry, go ahead to JG. Sorry, I was going to say real quick because I didn't really talk about the villains. I think that's the other thing that makes this with us well so well done is that the villains are so unique, mm-hmm. but the leader, Mike Martian Rowe. And then his crew is just, they all have such unique, um, what drives them. And even though they are together, they each have very own personal drives. And I think that's really interesting. And especially Marcian, I think 
he is one of the most mysterious characters in Star Wars to this date. Yeah. He has so much backstory that we have no idea that's been teased by the end of this book. And then also moving forward, whatever he is planning, whatever his actual agenda is, we are in for a ride. Absolutely. And I love the fact that, again, this is phase one. So you know they have it planned out for years, maybe a three or four year project, who knows how long. And I think by the time we start wrapping things up, that'll be when Acolyte comes out, which is supposed to be at the end of the High Republic. So this could go for multiple decades inside the High Republic. We're going to see these characters develop. We're going to probably see some massive, again, like the opening of Light of the Jedi, we're going to see some massive battles. We're going to see some massive earth-shattering, uh, universe-shattering events. So, Yusef, you've heard about all these characters. Are there any that stand out to you that you uh, are already kind of curious about? And just from hearing our non-spoiler review so far. I mean, that... Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, JG's uh, uh, brief but really deep intro, uh, you know, of uh, of Avar, Avar, Chris. That that sounds really interesting. Um, when regards to uh, the character you said was the Twilight Jedi, mm -hmm. there seems to be a bias for making Twi'leks, you know, incredibly cool, yeah. you know, <laughs> within the Star Wars universe. But I, I am not opposed to this. But this just means that I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Just, just you know, just grain. Um, but I am, uh, I am, I'm gonna ask. You know, of course, that review of uh, of, uh, of of the villain. Um, uh, what, what what was the name again? Sorry, Marchion. What was the name of the order as well? Marchion Row. And what the was the name of like the faction or the order? The Nile is the group that's the main villain during this franchise, this series. Right. So it sounded like the River Nile or something. But yeah, I figured you know it's not it's it's not necessarily focused on that. But yeah, um, uh, the thing is that what I thought you guys might have left out, perhaps purposely, perhaps because it's not necessarily mentioned, I've seen everybody has seen that picture of the cover, the big bad boy from Kashyyyk. Where is my Wookie? Yeah. Where is he? He'd be one of Where my other he? top five, definitely. And he, the way he can connect with people okay. without even communicating is so important to the storyline. I won't say any more, but he's a character. Mm. Again, I want to see him grow up because he's a Padawan and I'm sure we'll see him kind of mature and grow. But man, Briaga, that's the boy right there. Briaga, that's, yep. you know, he's awesome. I will. Briaga, damn, that's an awesome. I will also say, um, <laughs> just to tease a little bit. Favorite um, species. The uh, Into the Darkness ha uh, introduces a new group of mm. villains, um, and that makes it also exciting. So even though the Nihil are very prominent and probably the main antagonist, you won't get bored because there is way more threats out there. Um, and Into, yeah, awesome. Into the Darkness um, explores villains in a new way that you would never expect. I also think it's probably one of the scariest books because listening to the audiobook, they use some audio cues mm. from some of the prequels. And I was listening to the dark. It is very frightening. It was, I, I get spooked pretty easily. I'm a wuss. Um, Into the Darkness is one of the, I think, <laughs> scariest Star Wars canon books we've had. Mm -hmm. I would agree with there. And again, I'm going to wrap that up. And I think um, going off what JG just said, like this is one of our first, you know, major Star Wars properties without the Sith, without the Empire, without Palpatine, without, you know, First Order. So this is, different star yes. wars because yeah. Yeah. we've had that same pattern between the prequels the original trilogy and the sequels and to really break that mold and i'm so glad that they are going to save the sith for whatever they're going to save them for they, we know they're there there's two of them somewhere um they're going to save them for the acolyte they're going to do something with them at some point but for right now to focus on the jedi at the heights during this period like camelot as they describe it um they are at their full power and just seeing how they utilize the force is just really incredible um, really great discussion there on the High Republic. If you haven't checked it out yet, please dive into it. Share with us, you know, online. I We've been posting some questions and some pictures. Tell us what stands out to you about the High Republic. Tell us what you're looking forward to. Um, I think before we wrap up, gentlemen, because we don't have mailbag questions today, why don't we just real quick in the next week share with the audience, is there anything Star Wars related you're looking to doing or diving into, reading, watching um, this week or any Star Wars news in your own personal life? Uh, Yusef, go ahead. Anything Star Wars related you want to do between now and our next uh, recording? Um, honestly, what I'm doing more of uh, on the, but this is not necessarily going to be done by the next recording, not even by a long shot. What I'm doing is I'm really getting myself ready for the dark side. You know, I'm, I'm delving a little bit deeper as much as I can with some side uh, research as much as I, as much as I can get into it really. Um, 
as I mentioned before, I don't know if people, uh, you know, we, we've had some pretty long episodes, so if people don't really remember this, it's perfectly okay. Uh, my personal focus and something which really draws me heavily into Star Wars is the Force. And it's both sides of this awesome, awesome Force. And the fact that I think, you know, as, as do other people, I think so. Whenever I have this conversation, people seem to be leaning towards it. It's not just light and dark. It's a spectrum. So, you know, it depends on what you do. And it's not just a sort of like a sort of balance where you've got, you know, two sides of the scale and you're trying to balance and you do good deeds and bad deeds. It's, it's much more convoluted. It's much more confusing. It's a little bit different, you know. But, but the thing is that the more details that we have uh, from, from, you know, High Republic, from different eras, from Darth Sidious, from... Uh, Ahsoka from from all these different challenges, especially Anakin's rise and fall. His rise and fall is my favorite thing. So this is what I'm going to be doing a little bit more of. Um, something which I have recently gotten into, and it's not going to help me catch up on my uh, on my on my Star Wars, uh, Stevie. Uh, oh yeah, the JG seems to have a connection issue. That's fine. He'll be he'll uh, chill yeah. back in, hopefully. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I have gotten my hands on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So this is very detrimental to my work and my Star Wars and my hobbies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, something that I've been really thinking about a lot, and I've been following this, you know, fervently, um, is hopefully the updates that we get about the, the Star Wars game from, um, from Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is that um, uh, if I was going to have to review Valhalla overall, um, I loved the new direction, starting with Origins, uh, not just it being in ancient Egypt, but it, they made it cool, you know, the whole uh, tomb diving and exploring and all of that. It was kind of dark. It wasn't everybody's cup of tea because of how dark it could have been or maybe didn't give you the same feeling that, you know, Odyssey gave. Odyssey was a genuine Odyssey. And that game was so tiring. It was so large that I left it for like uh, like four months and then went back to it. And I 100%ed it in the end. I loved those games so much. But Valhalla, you know, I hope the, the, the fault, the drawbacks that I get here, I hope I don't see them in Star Wars. Um, the voice acting is off. The story, you know, you, you, you sacrifice the story in order to get a lot of graphics in. And at the end of the day, I'm an effing Viking. It feels awesome. But, I mean, I'd much rather be Force-sensitive. Do you know what I mean? I'm really looking forward to the Star Wars-themed game, open world, this sort of thing. And hopefully the customization then, if I can get, you know, a really high level of customization, not just with the armor, but hopefully, hopefully with, the, with the ship, with the class of ship that we can get, maybe there's going to be some flying. Hopefully it's not just sort of like jumping in between planets and fast travel. Hopefully it's going to be a little bit more. But yeah, I, I, want, I want a really immersive game since this one is going to be primarily, the news is sort of so far indicated that it's going to be primarily solo, primarily mm-hmm. single person. Uh, um, 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 what's it called? No, not single person. What's it called? You know, um, I mean, story mode game. Yeah. So if that's the case, then I really need, really need them to step up. You know, Ubisoft has sort of dropped the ball a little bit on story wise, and the emphasis on voice act and sort of like scenarios. I mean, I'm not asking them to turn into Hideo Kojima overnight. I'm just asking that they give me some more meat, and. Um, um, uh, our Star Wars game, you know, uh, games have always been heavy on story. That was the entire point. But yeah, without me going off too long on that, that's 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 the research I've been doing, you know. And hopefully, I'm going to be reading a little bit more books, uh, a, a lot more of, of the books that I've got lined up, and I'll be hopefully sharing a little bit of a review for that. Might do uh, some uh, smaller videos, and um, if our readers don't really, uh, if our viewers don't, don't really want any of that. Uh, of course, they, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit too much uh, info for them, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that so many people will, will be like me, that they want to discover which books to read and which ones not to. And that's our job, right? Mm-hmm. Gotta, gotta say which ones are worth it and which ones aren't for yeah. the people who might be, you know, there's something for everyone in Star Wars, maybe something which I don't like that much would definitely be intriguing to other people. So we have to give them those reviews. So that's definitely what I'm going to be, uh, what I'm going to be doing for the, for the next foreseeable, you know, month or so, at least until I get my hands on, um, on the higher public stuff. And I'm so glad you're on the panel because the fact is, you know, there are some of these books you're mentioning that I haven't read in four or five years and I have to go back sometimes and read over Wikipedia just to get myself caught back up on who was that person again. (laughs) So I think having you and your fresh perspective has been really helpful for this panel. Uh, JG, what are are your plans? Anything new Star Wars related for you that you want to share before we wrap up today? 
nothing too new. I'm in the middle of my chronological rewatch where I'm going through everything that's like visual Star Wars, so movies and shows, and watching it in order. So I'm in the middle of the second season of the Clone Wars right now. So that has been fun. It's been a while since I've seen those, like when I was a kid in middle mm. school, a while. So yeah, it's uh, been a pretty good watch. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm also kind of watching some uh, JG. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, Steven. Do you mind if I jump no, in? Just go ask for, you go for something. It. Would you be interested, perhaps? We could be link up. We could link up later, JG, and watch it. I'm almost done with season four. And I still haven't seen... This is my first run through Clone Wars. This is the first time I'm watching Clone Wars. I still haven't seen a single thing of Rebels. And I'm halfway through, almost done, sorry, uh, with season four. And uh, would you be interested in guiding me through season five or six? Like, let's say if you told me like, okay, how about we link up with season five, episode four? And I'll be like, okay, so maybe we can watch them together, either online Definitely. or we can perhaps potentially record them. I'm not a huge fan personally <laughs> of, uh, of uh, what's it called? Like when you watch the reaction videos, Reactions, uh, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of watching them, but I love doing them. So it's just something cool to see my, my own perspective of it. And you can help guide me through that. Yeah, we definitely could set that up. That'd be fun. I think it's, like, it's so fun. cool because, like, watching it, because like, when we, when I'm watching, when I watched Clone Wars, like, back whenever I was, like, oh, gosh, 10 or however old I was back whenever it was coming out, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I didn't know this was going to be connecting to a bigger story. And now there's, like, these little planet names or these little characters. And I'm like, oh, I've read that in a book three years ago. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, my goodness, that planet was mentioned. And, like, all these little, like, it's all there. And it's, it's such a, it's refreshing because it's like, oh, these are really good episodes. And I just completely forgot they exist. Yeah, I agree with everything because I'm also doing what you guys are doing here, JG, with a rewatch. I'm also in the middle of season two, ironically, and I've been watching like kind of story arcs at a time and just kind of debriefing and thinking. Oh, great, about we're them. gonna do this together, then, boys. Sounds I know, awesome. and and Yusef, you're in the right in the best time period. I'm telling you, the last couple seasons are really where it's at. Like some of the best, it is, it is, yeah. The art yeah, style's the best, the story's the best, the music, everything just kind of comes together for that final arc and the last couple seasons. Um. No, I don't really have much else planned myself. Just finishing Into the Darkness and JG, you and I can chat with that afterwards. And hopefully, since we have a little break between novels until now, until June, hopefully some of us can also get together and maybe do some other short videos once Brian finishes up and kind of go from there. But gentlemen, I think we had a really good discussion tonight, again, on some news, on some Light of the Jedi and High Republic era. This was episode Yeah, we've been behind on some episodes. It was good to get this episode back. Yeah, I want to get, get keep that routine going. So this was episode 45 of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I want to awesome. thank Yusef, JG, and again, I'm Stephen Hall. We had a great time talking to you tonight. Hope you enjoyed our show. Please reach out to us on social media. We are on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on, you think of it, you can name it. We got a Discord. We're on Discord. There you go. Yep, we need to get that up and running a little bit more too. I need to help out with that too. But I enjoyed taking the reins for the night and thank you gentlemen for letting me uh step up to the plate and hopefully next week you guys can also jump in here um once again we want to thank you for listening to episode 45 of the star wars canon podcast and may the force be with you always